Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. I'm Nick Thomas, and as always, the <laughs> Dr. Robin Hall <laughs> is with me. <laughs> I didn't have an adjective, but I thought that sound was appropriate. <laughs> is that like the um, fairy godmother yeah, appears a, twinkle? Is it? Oh, right. <laughs> Dr. Robin Hall. Or the like princess wakes up and the birds <laughs> move her yeah. sheer silk bedding off of her. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that caught me off guard. It was so dumb. That is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love that. We should program more of those. Uh, I, I got a million of them that I'll put it in here and we'll, <laughs> we'll, yeah, I don't know. They're hacky, but they're funny. Can you, you know? guys tell that Nick really enjoys his new toy? <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought of that too because I was testing him and I go, oh, this would be great. <laughs> that is so funny. The. <laughs> I'll take it. I've never gotten a series of noises as a descriptor before, so I'll take that. And when I played that sound, birds started flying everywhere, bluebirds, <laughs> and flowers started springing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to walk into my kitchen and find like a raccoon baking a pie yeah. or something. <laughs> Springtime Robin. Ridiculous. <clears throat> so Nick, um, yeah, how you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm glad we're, we're doing this episode. We'll get into the topic here uh, in just a minute. Um, but it's been a good week. Uh, it's been a good month um, as well. I hope everybody was encouraged by the last episode um, that we uh, that we uh, produced uh, on uh, romantic relationships and intimate relationships too as well. If you have any questions about that, please uh, you know mention uh, message us and comment. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, but first things first is housekeeping. Uh, we always we always talk about that. You know, we, we always talk about, uh, please go to our website, uh, couchdivided.com. Uh, I was going to say www. No one does that anymore. <laughs> Ugh. There used to be like a specific cadence, though, with using that www. W dot. Yeah. And then you get like triple dub dot. You know? Oh, okay, oh my just gosh. Stop it. <laughs> I never did that. Did oh, you no, really man. used yeah, to do that? I did oh, that. no. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Triple dub, dude. We forgive you, Nick. Yes. Uh, yeah. We I do. need to be forgiven of that. More importantly, God does, but. <laughs> Repent, shorten it up. <laughs> Life is short. <laughs> uh, um, but go to accountsdivided.com. You can hear all of our episodes on there. And also, y- you'll have a chance to partner with us and to, uh, to donate so that we may keep the lights on. Uh, we appreciate everybody that's donated uh, thus far and goes to our website. Uh, we thank you uh, for, for being a follower of us, too, as well. We're humbled that anybody would, uh, uh, would listen to us. Um, and uh, we praise God uh, for you and uh, for this show, too, as well. We always pray beforehand 
Um, it is God's show. He, you know, he establishes us. We do see this as a ministry to encourage you, encourage your heart. So, uh, we hope that, uh, that it's the case that, uh, that's the case in your life. That's for sure. I'm sorry. I'm not g- giggling over cause I agree absolutely with everything you just said. So I, my brain does this thing when, um, whenever I hear things like this is God's show. Oh yeah. Um, because, okay. Yes, absolutely. We, of course we pray before we record. Well, we, you know, we pray all the time, but we pray before we record so that it's, um, you know, spirit led. Right. 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 But okay. Anyway, so it's a spirit led show. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. We're having too much fun. Um, I just immediately imagine the buddy Christ from dogma. Oh yeah, from dogma. Yeah, yeah, dogma. <laughs> you know, doing the like Jesus the doing double the little, guns, the finger yeah. guns. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like you know, like in a radio, like a like a recording studio, but that like it's God's show. Only mm-hmm. he like manifests. What is the violation of the Second Amendment? He like yeah. manifests in my brain as the buddy Christ right. idol in dogma. Uh, which is not a movie you should watch which is, around your kids. Which is so funny. You know, I'm going to mention his name, David Fry, uh, uh, or David Frey at the at church. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think he looks like Jeff Anderson, who played Randall from from Clerks, and I showed him a picture of it. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I showed him a picture of it. He agreed, and so did his wife. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, they just got married. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah. you two lovebirds. Yeah. Um, I did not see that. Oh yeah, well, no. you, so you gotta go. Look anyway, at, yeah. we're talking. I'm the only guy that knows the actor's name, Jeff Anderson. Well, we're <laughs> we're doing Kevin Smith lore. So anyway, yeah, not not exactly uh, Christian content. No, actually, the exact opposite of it. But anyway, so yeah, the Buddy Christ. But we appreciate everybody's support, just like Nick said, um, and we really do hope this is a tool for the kingdom. That's our. Yeah, that is our hope. And, uh, you know, we don't come without sin. We're not perfect either. Um, and uh, trust me, <laughs> oh, we're not perfect. You should use the sound effect again. The, we're uh, not perfect. Like <laughs> We're not <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like the biggest understatement. Uh, however, you guys have been so kind uh, uh, to us uh, as well uh, in consistent listening and messaging. And, uh, you know, uh, we're enjoying this as much as you uh, as well. And uh, continue to message us with topics and things like that. And in fact, uh, we have a uh, we have a request um, on ADHD, which is what we're talking about today, um, uh, because we've gotten so many comments and messages about this. Topic, yes, so. you guys have been chomping at the bit, the ADHD bit. Um, right. So yeah, that's what we're going to attempt to tackle today. Um, and it's always been a big topic too as well, but even more so now it's starting to rise again where people are having conversations about this and people are talking about it a little bit more um, than I've ever heard in the past. What about you? Do you think that? Uh, I think it's popular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like trendy. If, that, yeah, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Um, and overdiagnosed, which I think is another. Right. I mean, and, and that's what creates this talk too as well. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what's ontology, whether it's overdiagnosed and that's why people are talking about it or people are talking about it so much that it's overdiagnosed. Yeah, I think it's yeah. probably like a feedback loop, like each one informs the other. Cyclical and yeah. you can never 
figure out where it starts. Yeah, <laughs> it, you know, um, yeah, I'm not really sure like where the point of origin is for that. But we, I mean, we pay a lot of attention to it in in clinical psychology and research psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, lots and lots of people have been researching ADHD for a long time, yeah, and a there's been time, a lot yeah. of um, headway made in the last 30-ish years, I would say. I start to, uh, I was uh, talking to my mother about this, about ADHD, and I was kind of breaking down what it is and what it isn't, <laughs> and when I started describing some of the criteria and some of the attributes of ADHD, she goes, oh, that was you. <laughs> and I go, I, I, I think that every parent is going to say that to their kid. I'm glad I didn't stick you on anything. You were just answering. It was the, back in the day where you were allowed to flip off couches and be distracted. And it flip was boy- off couches. I was flipping off couches watching Power Rangers too. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why were you? What were you mad about? I was no. I wasn't f- uh, flipping off like on a couch. I was doing flips. (laughs) I was flipping off the couch. (laughs) Wow. I totally misunderstood. Yeah. yeah, I would run around in my underwear and watch like, (laughs) like watch Power Rangers. And I'm just antsy. I couldn't sit still. Oh, well, no, I think. Okay. So there's a normal level of there's a developmentally appropriate level of energy for kids. Um, And boys typically are a little bit more rambunctious and mm-hmm. energized than girls are right. not that girls don't have a bunch of energy I, I know like all of us can relate to the idea of if only we could rub a toddler's head and take some of right. that you know it'd be great i don't think i was out of the norm I'll, I'll share a personal story real quick uh when i got into second grade i wasn't a very good reader and maybe most second graders experience that mm. but it should be the start of you actually being able to read pretty pretty well, at least uh, literature that is appropriate for that age. And I had an old school teacher. She did not let me, you know, veer off into irresponsibility with that. Uh We all read in class. Sure. And if you couldn't read in class, she would say something Mm -hmm. uh, to you. Now, she would say something in front of the whole class as well. She would never, like, demean me. But she would let me know that she wasn't satisfied. Right. And that you weren't going to get away with it. Like it wasn't going to be something that just slid under the radar. Which means she had to tell my parents (laughs) as well. And so there needed to be reading at home and things like that. So could you not read at all? I I was just, I I, I always sounded out. It was like today, Junior, like like, uh, Billy Madison kind of thing. I just couldn't. You had a stutter? Yeah. I couldn't get the word out and I didn't know what the word, you know, meant or read. Uh, oh, so um, there was like no comprehension. It's just happening. no comprehension okay. happening. And it was very slow. And, uh, and sometimes I didn't even know what the word was. And so I had a, I, I wasn't really good. Uh, they found out why. And instead of going to a disorder, they realized I didn't really know my phonograms. And they, uh, so they taught me that I got into a little special program, got out of it in like a month. As soon as I started to learn those, uh, those phonograms, I picked up reading real quick and, gotcha. re- and, but I needed, uh, some special attention. Sure. And part of that was due to the fact that I was highly distractible about everything <laughs> and I can go into probably why I've always wanted to be cool and things like that, but that's neither here or there. But as soon as I learned something. Um, I was able to actually do that something regardless of what my mind was doing, where the impulsive is uh, impulsive nature of a a seven year old. (laughs) And uh, so I'm glad that they didn't chalk me up to. uh, They didn't diagnose an ADHD diagnosis. No, I probably could qualify in some kind of way in the 90s. (laughs) But like, who cares? You know, I'm I'm, I'm the better for it, I I, I suppose. I know that's not uh, always the case. And that's going to. 
yeah. the nature of our conversation. So, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to break it down. So anyway, um, we had a message from one of y'all and we're not going to get specific about who it's from because they asked to remain anonymous, but, right. um, I was impressed with the way they articulated this question. And I think it's right. what a lot of us are, a lot of us ask. Um, so basically, um, is there, a way to recognize actual learning disability. And, and today we're talking about ADHD, right? We're not talking about specific learning disabilities, which are different. Um, but, you know, how do we recognize what is legitimate in our children, in our friends, family, you know, right. spouses, whatever? Um, and how do we deal with it biblically, right? At, uh, by, and avoid hyper-labeling or over-labeling or mislabeling right. um, something, but also making sure that it isn't unlabeled if it needs to be labeled right. so that it gets help, right? And, and, um, and then not kind of using things like ADHD or autism spectrum disorder as a catch-all for bad behavior. Right. Or for, I don't even want to say like bad parenting, or but but maybe inexperienced parenting or right. ignorant parent, parenting, not understanding what's happening and how to address behavior. Right, you know? right. Um, and so please, what I am not saying at all ever is that autism is bad behavior. Right, right. So like, please don't mishear me. Right. Um, but this idea of like, how do we actually tell what's legitimate? Mm -hmm. How do we deal with it biblically? Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, which is the most important part to right, me is how course. do you deal with anything biblically? Right, right. It is the most important part. So yeah, we appreciate your question. Like Nick said, or maybe it was me. We got so, <laughs> we've gotten so many requests for ADHD yeah. and different varying, like co-occurring -occur, co comorbid diagnoses. Um, and so for today, we're going to just focus on ADHD, which right. I'm already worried that we're going to have like an, an extra long episode, but that's all right. Um, yeah. So in the future, we might get more specific, you know, with how, um, you know, what the research says about the mm -hmm. occurrence of like comorbid ADHD conditioning with like mm -hmm. bipolar um, cause there's some research and stuff out. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're gonna, we're not gonna talk about that part of it today. So the, I thought we would start with going through the way the DSM five, mm -hmm. which we're, again, we're getting ready to have a new revision here mm -hmm. in March, um, describes, defines, categorizes attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Mm. Um, and then go through some of the research that, talks describes some of the neurological mm -hmm. like the neurochemistry at work that we're observing in research right um and then let's like process it all through biblical lens <laughs> right right so what does that mean right for mm -hmm. for parents that are looking you know at this for their kids for spouses that kind of stuff right. so yeah it feels like a good ride feels like a good trajectory yeah we have it all planned out and i hope by the end of it we have some more clarity um you know, you, the, uh, the audience has a little bit more clarity because I, I do think that, you know, you, you, you touched on, uh, you just said, um, you know, how do you handle something biblically? How do you handle this biblically? And I think that's everybody's question too, as well. Not a lot of people deny the fact that ADHD exists, uh, and that there's something going on cognitively. It's just, how do you respond to it? Oh, I and, think a lot of people deny that it exists. <laughs> well, I mean, and if that's the case, and we hope that to, to snap you in, into place here, uh, as far as there is a biblical way to handle all things. And, um, you know, we're going to get into... And that doesn't mean yeah. because we don't understand something 
uh, or because God doesn't directly describe it right, in scripture that it's not real right? or that we need to be afraid of addressing it for some reason or right. that the way we address it is just by saying it's not, it doesn't exist. Yeah, And the, the word of God is so broad too as well. I mean, there's one interpretation to every single text, but we were just discussing this before we went on air uh, is that there are sometimes a th- you know, thousand and one ways to apply that one interpretation to your life because sure. it does breathe into that because ethics, uh, ethics transcends, um, context. You know, ca- yeah, context and categories, uh, uh, of your life too, as well. There's, we don't live in a black and white world. You don't live in a black and life, uh, black and white life. No, <laughs> right. I know, lots of gray. Yeah. Right. Like, but God right. is like his truth is objective. Right. His truth so we is use that objective truth and go, okay, well in this category, how does it apply in this category? How does it apply? Uh, based off of that one interpretation and don't get me wrong. Right. You cannot, you know, interpret the way you, you know, the Bible, the way you want it. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, this is a verse that I go to a lot to, uh, you know, especially because I'm into behavior health and I'm in um, uh, into uh, understanding your own mind and uh, your own heart so that you maybe you can prevent sin and then also uh, do good works and do good deeds. Uh, why wouldn't you want to do that? But there uh, is a, a proverb that I go to that says that uh, he who gains sense loves his own soul. Yeah. But he who is quick with his feet sins. Mm. Right. Ooh, impulsive. That's perfect. Right. Right. For quick with his feet. Too. You know, yeah. It just just makes decisions on yep. women without thinking first. Oh, Lord, help me. Now, because of that, we know the brain. I'm like, okay, well, what if you have this? Okay, you still have to yield to that, but you may have to work harder to yield to it. Um, that's fine because God has created you in a particular way there are people who excel in parts of their sanctification that you do not and vice versa yeah right we all have to we all suffer here we all have to do certain things but that first half of that verse and i've mentioned this before on other podcasts it says he who uh, gains sense it's not just talking about wisdom there it's the hebrew word uh pronounced lab it's actually about knowing the inner self the will he who acknowledges who he is in his heart and what he's going to do with that Mm loves his own soul so it's a self-analytical kind of thing of how interesting who am i what am i prone to do right right that, what's my nature that's actually the precursor before you are quick with your feet yeah that makes less sense. you sin yeah so it's right. like oh a, a wise man knows himself and knows what knows right. his nature like knows what he's capable right of. now yeah. I, I do think identity is important um, but when I counsel people, I go, you want to find out who you are first. You need to start with God right? and you need to start with the category of God. Who is he, his attributes, right. and you may never get to who am I until like three months later, but I'm yeah. telling you, you'll be well equipped yeah, and it's yeah. so worth foregoing yourself to find right. yourself. It's so <laughs> when you're, when you're having that, those identity crises, crises as a Christian, mm-hmm. it's amazing because you don't have to go to all of the self-help like right. the first place you go is who is God? Mm-hmm. What is his character? Because mm-hmm. my identity first and foremost rests in Christ mm-hmm. as a redeemed sinner. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we're not off topic, but we digress a little bit. So no, I mean, I, that, that really sets the foundations of what we're getting ready to talk about here because ADHD is no different. You still have a responsibility and there's, here's what you got to do. And to, right. Know, yeah. Okay. So um, a little bit of, like context background information. Mm -hmm. Um, So ADHD stands for 
attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Okay. Okay. Um, in previous revisions of our diagnostic manual, it mm. like it was called different. You've you've seen like a progression. I actually didn't even go back and check what it was, but you've heard people say ADD and ADHD. Yeah. Okay, there's only ADHD mm. as of this revision. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks, but I right, doubt right. that it'll be different. Um, <clears throat> so this particular disorder is housed, right, with mm-hmm. the neurodevelopmental disorders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to explain a little bit about what that means. Um, mm-hmm. So this group of disorders is a group of conditions with onset during the developmental period. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for all of you folks who are adults out there that think that you might have ADHD or you know you do because you were diagnosed as a kid. Mm -hmm. Part of the diagnostic criteria in here is that these symptoms were present during childhood. Right. Okay. That doesn't mean it had to have been diagnosed. Right. But that like they were present. Yeah. Okay. They're not just spontaneous. They've been across of like a variety, like a, of context. Right. Right, So not just at home and not just at school, but Mm -hmm. at both. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so some of the other disorders in this category, just to whet your appetites a little bit. So um, intellectual disability is here. Mm-hmm. Communication disorders are here. So language disorder, speech sound disorder, s- child fluent, child onset fluency disorder, which is what stuttering was for. That, that's stuttering, essentially. Uh, communication, um, so- social pragmatic communication disorder. Autism spectrum disorder is also here. Um, specific learning disorder, um, and then motor disorders, tick disorders like Tourette's syndrome also would be here. So just to kind of set, this is its neighbors, right? Okay, so that should set like a feel for what we're dealing with, right? Okay, this is the type of disorder that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So these disorders typically manifest in um, early in development, often before grade school age. Which would be what? Like, what is what is grade school? Well, I mean, kindergarten is usually five years old. Is that grade so, school? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, kindergarten, uh, K through 12. Gosh, you'd think I'd know, having spent, like, a vast majority of my life in a classroom. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so grade school, for, for some reason, that, like, makes me think middle school age. But Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be K through 8, but grade school, I've always... Yeah, as you K, know, you're right. Yeah, right, right. yeah, I think you're definitely right. Okay. Um, characterized by um, uh, de- developmental deficits, which impair areas of psychosocial functioning, which is essentially what I just said. Right. Right. Across a variety of contexts, right? Mm. Okay. The range of deficits vary. Specific limitations of learning or control of executive func- functions to global impairments of social skills or intelligence. So, mm. like, you've got some people who are really like have difficulty learning things. Right. And I don't know, like in the example that you gave from your own life, I'm not sure if it was more like you were just distracted or if you, there was actually a processing issue that yeah. you're having. I mean, uh, in kindergarten and first grade, you know, I, I wasn't passing certain motor tests in the, like I, I had difficulty like cutting paper and folding paper when I was like, uh, in kindergarten and hmm. first grade. Um, and then, uh, when that doesn't matter, like by the time you get to second grade, they're not testing your cutting or, sure. your, you know, I knew my ABCs 
but that that was about it. It wasn't you know? like imperative. You knew how to cut a right. snowflake. I stunk right. at math. I stunk at reading. I didn't know how to spell. Uh, but that was because I didn't have uh, certain you know foundations. I just didn't pay attention to when they were you know. It's interesting because you know, like honestly, when they were it, so. what you're describing, it definitely sounds more in line with an actual like neurodevelopmental, yeah. like the motor stuff. And, right. and I was just antsy and just wanted to play <laughs> and I just wanted to, there were certain things that I liked and that's what I wanted to do. But then it took a teacher going, you know, snapping her feet, like pay attention here. Yeah, this is, this is work time. Read her you know? your attention. And yeah. she was great. And then I became a very, very good reader. Do you remember yeah. her name? Um, Charter. Miss Charter. I don't know what her name. Miss Charter? Yeah, Miss Charter. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was, uh, she taught me how to All read. All you teachers out there. Yeah. She was great. Man. Wonder if you have an impact. You do. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, she was a Christian woman too as well. I think she went to a Presbyterian church at mm. that time. Yeah. And uh, just to actually, now I want to cry because just to see that work and just to know that I'm connected to her through the body of Christ right. now is my Eternally. sister, not just my sister, my, not just my teacher, but my sister in Christ. Hallelujah, and uh, I, you know, obviously I haven't kept up with her. I don't know where she is, but she taught me how to read. And I became one of the top readers that year in that class reading out loud. And what was great is, <laughs> again, we're, we're digressing, is that we just, we wouldn't just read a paragraph uh, and then move on to the next and she had us repeat that paragraph like throughout the days of the week. So on Monday and Tuesday, we're going to read this section of the book. We're not going to go on in the section because her, her, uh, her thing was, we're not going to finish reading a book. We're going to learn how to read the book. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who cares if you finish it or not? I gotcha. Yeah. Right. That wasn't the goal for her. Yeah. The goal That's was awesome. to teach you how to read. Yeah. I know. I've had some amazing teachers. And she was amazing. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. So, Back to the range, they, it can range from specific limitations or mm -hmm. more global mm -hmm. limitations. That was the point there. Um, and these disorders frequently co-occur. So, for example, individuals diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder mm -hmm. often have intellectual disability or uh, the disorder would be intellectual developmental disorder, mm -hmm. right? Um, or a lot of children with ADHD also have a specific specific learning disorder. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get into any of those today. So mm -hmm. um, that's definitely its own. I mean, it's its episode. own conversation, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe multiple. <laughs> okay, so what is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder? <laughs> it is a neurodevelopmental disorder defined by impairing levels of inattention, disorganization, and or hyperactivity impulsivity, mm. okay? Inattention and disorganization entail inability to stay on task, seeming not to listen and losing materials mm -hmm. at levels that are inconsistent with developmental level or age, like right. expectation, okay? Right. Hyperactivity impulsivity entails overactivity, like fidgeting, inability to stay seated, um, intruding into other people's activities or the inability to wait, just as examples. I've got some other examples of that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, in childhood, ADHD is um, after, excuse me, often overlaps with externalizing disorders, such as oppositional defiant disorder and conduct disorder. So um, I'm actually, I'm not really sure what externalize they mean by externalizing. I'm guessing the antithesis of internalizing and right, both not. conduct disorder and oppositional defiant are marked by like they have, they're very aggressive behaviors. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it often persists into, persists into adulthood. So we see like about a 60% mm. carryover, mm. like statistically. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, the essential feature of ADHD is a persistent p pattern of inattention, right? Or we talked about hyperactivity, impulsivity. We're going to get a little bit more um, specific about that because it manifests differently across childhood and then into adulthood. Um, so like I already said, inattention kind of manifests behaviorally in ADHD is wandering, wandering off task, um, lacking persistence, having difficulty sustaining focus, being disorganized, and it's not due to a lack of comprehension or defiance. It mm. isn't because they, they don't understand it, and it isn't right. because they want to be disobedient. Right. Okay? That's important. Um, hyperactivity. So we mean an excess of motor activity. So a child running around when they're not supposed to, again, it needs to be developmentally inappropriate. Yeah. Right. Okay. Four-year-olds, especially four-year-old little boys, they're crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. They have yeah. so much energy. And basically, I mean, we start talking about this because of the way that, you know, it makes the parents feel. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm tired of him running around all over the place kind of thing like that. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they get exhausted. So they go, well, you know, if this doesn't if this doesn't end, there may be something wrong. Yeah. And it really is their fatigue yeah. <laughs> saying that. Which we can all, all parents can relate to that. Oh my gosh, yes. the fatigue. Oh, um, yeah. Fidgeting, tapping, or talkativeness. And adults, um, that hyperactivity might manifest in extreme restlessness. Right. Um, or wearing others out with the activities they mm -hmm. engage in. Mm -hmm. Or they're talking. Yeah. Um, impulsivity refers to hasty actions mm. that occur in the moment and without forethought, right? And that have a high potential mm. for harm to the individual. So like in children, mm. a kid not looking and just darting out into the street, just no, right. no impulse control, no mm -hmm. forethought, like, hey, there might be a vehicle coming. Right. Again, developmentally inappropriate too, mm -hmm. okay? Um, at that, when we're young, we, the, that part of our brains that's really responsible for impulse, can, it's very much still developing. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I, uh, I was, I'm thinking of a, a story uh, this mother told me. Um, she never screamed at her kid except one time. I mean, I'm, I'm like violently screamed except sure. one time. She wasn't embarrassed to tell the story. She actually felt it was necessary. I go, okay, well, you know, yeah. give me the story. Still. And it was when her daughter ran out in the middle of the road. And she never did that before. Sure. She just run, it ran out in the middle of the road. And as soon as she ran out, she goes, hey, get back here now. You know what I mean? Just, just. And it scared her because she'd never seen her mom like that. Yeah, of course. And she, that was when her daughter learned, I mean, definitively, never to run into the road. And so sometimes <laughs> uh, the, uh, the child is going to have to do something so because the way you react toward it is is the way they're going to learn yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and that was like fear, right? To yeah. be angry like that, you're just terrified. Oh, yeah. And because like you, you love them so much. Right. You have to get through to them. Well, and yeah. it's so out of your control. It's like, child, yeah. I can't cement your feet for you. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you never leave my side. <laughs> yes, ever. Um, so impulsivity may also reflect a desire for immediate reward. Mm. Or inability to delay gratification. Mm. Not that neither one of us have any idea what that's about. No, no, not at all. I've never <laughs> experienced that. What are you <laughs> talking about? Impulsive behaviors may manifest as social intrusiveness. Right. So intruding, or excuse me, interrupting others excessively, 
Um, so Robin, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> making important decisions without consideration of long-term consequences, right? So mm. like uh, taking a job that you don't really know much about, you know, the seedy underbelly. Right. 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 Um, so that's that's some of the like contextual stuff and some of the diagnostic features. So, you know, with all the risk takers in uh, Wall Street, I wonder if they qualify for some of these things because sometimes their behavior is, hey, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to put my money down on this and it's, uh, it's not a wise decision. Well, not all yeah. risk taking behavior is associated with mm, attention deficit disorder either. Uh, no, that's just it's it is a way that for yeah. it to manifest. Right. Um, okay, so we're going to run through the diagnostic criterion in the DSM-5. Um, and so hopefully this gives you guys kind of a, like something like to, that you can chew through in terms of like what a clinician would be looking for to diagnose this, right? In mm. a child um, or kind of like after the fact in an right. adult. Okay, so the A criterion um, we've kind of already said this, but it's a persistent pattern of inattention or hyperactivity, impulsivity that interferes with functioning or development as characterized by one and or two. So our one mm. brick, okay, is our inattention brick. And in order for this to be diagnosed, you have to have six or more of the following symptoms mm -hmm. that have persisted for at least six months to a degree that is inconsistent, inconsistent with developmental level and that negatively impacts directly on social and academic occupational activities. Okay. okay. Um, so A. Okay. So this is what we've got to have at least six of these and it's A through I. Often fails to give close attention to detail or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork, at work, or during other activities. For example, overlooks or misses details, work is inaccurate. Mm -hmm. B. Often has difficulty sustaining attention in tasks or play activities. For example, has difficulty remaining focused during lectures, conversations, or lengthy reading. Mm -hmm. C. Often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly. For example, mind seems elsewhere even in the absence of any obvious distractions. Mm -hmm. D, often does not follow through on instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, or duties in the workplace. For example, starts tasks but quickly loses focus and is easily sidetracked. E, often has difficulty organizing tasks and activities. For example, difficulty managing sequential tasks, difficulty keeping materials and belongings in order, messy, disorganized work, has poor time management, fails to meet deadlines. F, often avoids, dislikes, or is reluctant to engage in tasks that require sustained mental effort. For example, schoolwork or homework for older adolescents and adults, preparing reports, completing forms, reviewing lengthy papers. Oh I need a ding button. This is so real. <laughs> I can't even talk about how real this is. Um, G, often loses things necessary for tasks or activities. For example, school materials, pencils, books, tools, wallets, keys, paperwork, eyeglasses, cell phones. <laughs> How many of y'all are like dinging the imaginary buzzer? Yeah, hey, right I was now? like, you just said eyeglasses, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know where those are. You don't. Wear I lost. Them. Yeah, I know that. The reason why I don't wear them is because I lost them. Oh, Nick, <laughs> you are hilarious. And my eyesight's getting worse because I'm not wearing. <laughs> you need them. to wear your glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. A, uh, so that was G H is often easily distracted by extraneous stimuli. 
For older adolescents and adults, this may be, uh, or may include, excuse me, unrelated thoughts. So that mm-hmm. can be distracting. It doesn't have to be like an environmental cue. Right. I is often forgetful in daily activities. For example, doing chores, running errands for older adults and adolescents, returning calls, paying bills, keeping appointments. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you have to have six of those or more. I do not qualify. Okay. But there are some things I'm like this. <laughs> Okay. And so, and that, that actually shows you because uh, the majority of our listeners will go, oh, I've done that. I've done that. Sure. But remember, this is consistent pattern of behavior. Right, 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 right. I'm not talking about you've done it a handful of times right. this week. And when you're stressed out, your attention and focus oh, yeah, are yeah. impacted. Yeah, or when you eat carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think and I don't want to do anything out of that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That I might have a so food funny. problem more than I have <laughs> but anything like that. So, yeah. Okay, so... Th- Two, right? We just went through one, so two. So we need six or more of these. This is the hyperactivity impulsivity mm-hmm. list. Six or more of the following symptoms. Again, persistent, persisted for at least six months and inconsistent mm-hmm. with developmental level. <clears throat> okay. A, often fidgets with or taps hands or feet or squirms in seat. Okay. See, that's me. <laughs> I'm tapping my hand. Or it's I'm also my husband. My husband. Yeah, I'm moving my legs. Have, yeah. He has a motor in his foot. It makes me concentrate. It really does. <laughs> okay. B, often leaves seat in situations when remaining seated is expected. For example, leaves his or her place in the classroom, in the office, or other workplace, or in other situations that require remaining in place. C, often runs about or climbs in situations where it isn't appropriate. I'm imagining you climbing. Yeah, you have to pay me to do (laughs) that. Like climbing climbing a tree. Oh, my gosh. Like climbing anything. (laughs) I used to. Oh, my gosh. It was fun. In adolescence or adults, this may be limited to feeling restlessness. Okay. D, often unable to play or engage in leisure activities quietly. Oh, my gosh. This is so me. But what about a drummer? (laughs) Well, He's never going to be able to do that. (laughs) Especially if you tap on things. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> when he's not drumming. Every um, drummer's got ADHD. Man. No. <laughs> e um, is often, quote, on the go, acting as if, quote, driven by a motor. For example, is unable to be or comfortable being still, or is uncomfortable, ex- excuse me, being still for extended time, as in mm-hmm. restaurants, meetings, may be experienced by others as being restless or difficult to keep up with. Mm-hmm. F, often talks excessively. Mm-hmm. G, often blurts out an answer before a question has been completed. For example, completes people's sentences, cannot wait for turn in conversation. H, often has difficulty waiting his or her turn. For example, waiting in line. Oh, man, Nick. Um, I, often interrupts or or intrudes on others. For example, butts into conversations, games, or activities. May start using other people's things without asking or receiving permission. For adolescents and adults, may intrude into or take over what others are doing. Mm, okay. okay, so at least six of those. So this the the uh, the symptoms need to have been present prior to twelve years. Okay. Okay. Um, so we've got specifiers for this disorder too, which means you can have a combined presentation, which means that both criterion A for inattention and criterion A2, A1 and A2, sorry, right, right. hyperactivity, impulsivity are met for six months. Mm-hmm. You can have predominantly inattentive presentation where you've got inattention being mm-hmm. the predominant right, right focus, and then you can have predominant hyperactive impulsive presentation. Mm-hmm. 
And we've in each one of these, each diagnor, uh, excuse me, each diagnosis, you've got. Did you get ready to say diagnosis? Diagnor. I, I, I don't know it. what I was trying <laughs> to say. Mild, moderate, and severe. So you can okay. specify that. Mm-hmm. Um. So some more associated features with attention deficit disorder: low frustration tolerance, irritability, mood lability, which just means mood like shifting. Um. Uh. The absence of, even in the absence of specific learning disorder, academic or work performance can be impaired. And this is an interesting one because a lot of people can get on their own really creative about coping with stuff like that Mm. and come up with strategies to help them study and make them good students despite you know, what's happening. Um, that doesn't always happen. I think right. my husband is an example of that. Mm. <clears throat> um, anyway, he, he refuses to admit that he struggle. He has any struggle with attention deficit. Yeah. And he actually, he already accused me of calling him out on this episode. So the, uh, you're love gonna, you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, uh, you mentioned, uh, low frustration tolerance too, as well. Yes. And, um, you know, obviously that has to be prevalent in your life uh, as well. Um, the course of sanctification is, um, especially in suffering, is frustrating um, as well. And uh, that has been one thing that I noticed in my life is getting better, but then also has the capability of leaving you jaded. Um, and uh, so when I hear low frustration tolerance, sometimes I hear in adults the jadedness of suffering. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean you have ADHD or anything like that. Um, but no, low frustration tolerance is a pretty common right. cross category. But, <laughs> but notice how natural frustration actually is to where you can even categorize it by you have no tolerance right, for right. whatsoever. And I've met people like that um, um, as well. Like they just don't want to deal with anything uncomfortable or frustrating or Whatever, whatever the case may be, uh, however it may manifest, I think that is really what God um, uh, gives you the resilience for. Um, And so when you even start to notice it, there's conviction of you to breathe and sit down and analyze and think before it gets out of control. Because it can ruin my week if I give into it. Well, for me, I feel like that, and I hope, I think other parents, I hope other parents can relate to this, like... with my it's with toby like my patience my like when i get frustrated with him it doesn't Mm -hmm. reveal anything about him Mm -hmm. right yeah (laughs) it reveals everything about about me like i said that fatigue kind of thing and um and it really is humbling it should be humbling humiliating humbling right? right like it is very sanctifying when you recognize that it is your discontentedness your lack of peace right your mm-hmm. like improper focus like the cross isn't the focus right in in mm-hmm. that moment that is like allowing mm-hmm. the frustration to so act it, reflexively yeah, even see the the human condition requires a foundation for you to go back to with any of these kinds of problems that we sure. might be experiencing low frustration tolerance um, I, you know, uh, the, the Bible doesn't use that word, but we all know what it signifies, right? Yeah. Idolatry, pride, Ang- anger. anger. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the, 
so if you don't think that the Bible's yeah. actually talking about these things, the discontentedness. Yeah, yeah. It, it really has another word for it. And you can look at the Ten Commandments to understand those things um, and uh, other things that God forbids. Um, and low frustration. I mean, I grew up in a family that is uh, that has zero tolerance for frustrations in their lives. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, and uh, you know, hot-headed uh, Italians and uh, uh, and low frustration tolerance uh, Irish people. That's <laughs> so funny. So we're we're angry, and we'll always win the argument, even <laughs> when we're wrong. Uh-huh. Wise guy never pays for his drinks, and he's always right, even when he's wrong. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, it's uh, it's all over my family, <laughs> and I'm no exception uh, 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 to this. Um, God has really, you know, slapped me upside the head. Uh, I was going to say, know. like, I would never, if I was going to describe you in any way, mm-hmm. none of the descriptors you you just used about your family yeah. would I use for you. Yeah, really. None, yeah, none yeah, none yeah. And I, I put up, uh, you know, put on a pretty good front, obviously, because <laughs> I love my neighbor. I love my neighbor as I uh, love myself and everybody really, you know, whatever. But yeah, I have. have that problems. was very honest, Nick. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, And if we're all being honest, sometimes we do act the best that we can around people, especially as Christians, you know well, what I mean? And, and, and maybe we should, but yeah, we uh, have we have our moments. Sure, that, uh, exactly. If I one think of our friends saw this, like, I can't believe you did that. And for like, me, oh, I have capabilities. I'm going to slap you if you acknowledge them. <laughs> for me, I'm like equally shocked in the moments that I seem to have like just an unending frustration tolerance right. as I am in the moments where I have none. I'm like equally, I'm like, wait, what, where right. is that coming from both times? Right, so, right. um, yeah, I think, uh, especially with this can be so difficult with kids because it's hard to know what is developmentally like appropriate, right. For mm-hmm. age ranges. And I mean, and what is like, you've just kind of illuminated environmental, mm-hmm. um, influences oh, yeah, and yeah. factors that and are I think involved that's in the this. majority of where that comes from for sure. me. Yeah, yeah. Like the stubbornness and mm-hmm. uh-huh, not wanting to be wrong, which means right. not asking for help. Right. Exactly. And that's the type of insecurity that you hold for a whatever reason, time. you know, like we can dig into it, but yeah, you, you'd be better off just repenting <laughs> <laughs> and asking God to deal with it for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, we I wanted to go with, through some of the like neuro the known neuropsychology mm-hmm. um, behind this mm-hmm. because um, if there's any doubt for you guys with regard to like whether or not it's real it's very real sure. we've you know we, we've especially in the last two decades like brain imaging has just revealed so much information to yeah. us um, but overall. Right. It affects about 5% of the population, both children and adults is a little bit less. Um, or the range is yeah, a little bit I, lower. I have, a, lower. I have 2.5% of the adult population. So that's what the DSM says. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the more the more up-to-date statistics actually are ranging between 4.5 and wow. 5.2 in adults between 18 to 44. Wow, wow. So um, that's probably something that will be updated in the sure. new manual. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's been a whole lot of shifting in thought, like models of thought about how to describe ADHD as a disorder, how it should be characterized. I'm not going to get into all that. It's a whole lot of um, academic jargon that's really not important. Um, But what's interesting, what you guys should, like, know is it involves... um, most of the research indicates like the neuroimaging research uh, that it involves um, neurotransmitter 
two neurotransmitters, dopamine mm-hmm. and norepinephrine or, okay. nor, or noradrenaline. Yeah. I was like, epinephrine. <laughs> Um, so we're not actually sure that the research is, I guess at best kind of confused still about any Mm -hmm. specific genetic markers. Like we've Mm -hmm. never, we haven't been able to identify that. There's definitely high correlation, genetic correlation. We see it run in families, but we haven't, there's been no identification of a specific gene marker for it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are some anatomical changes in brains of individuals with ADHD. Okay. Okay. So the most consistent finding is there's an overall reduction in total brain size. Mm. Specific changes are um, noted in the caudate nucleus, prefrontal cortex, white matter, corpus callosum, and the cerebral vermis. Mm. Okay. I've got an image that we can like link or post on Instagram maybe. Mm. Yeah. Um, that'll show you where those specific structures yeah, are yeah, in the send brain. Send to me. I'll, I'll get that up there. <clears throat> um, so uh, in a study in, from 2007, um, the specific changes that were noted, noted in the caudate nucleus, um, at parts of the bas- basal ganglia, um, which contain really high density of dopamine receptors. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those areas were recorded smaller in individuals diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, Ventral striatum, which is part of the reward pathway tends to be reduced in ADHD. Mm -hmm. And there's negative correlation between ventral striatum and childhood hyperactivity and impulsivity. Mm. Another thing we can do too is all of the like resource, like the references and stuff. If you guys are really interested in the, the academic papers that support this, we can make that stuff available to you too on the website. Um, we see reduction in cortical thickness, which is associated um, with specific gene alleles. But again, we still haven't identified the specific gene. Um, Regional thinning resolves in adolescence and is associated with uh, better outcomes, apparently. They've seen that mm. in longitudinal studies. Um, alter- there's uh, alterations in frontal and cer- uh, cerebellar white matter in mm. both children and adolescents. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any more of these. It just continues to, to kind of identify the different regions. So um, the prefrontal cortex is... The thinking part yeah, of like, the brain. <laughs> um, it's the part of the brain that I talk about the most. <laughs> yes, it's also the last part of our brain to yeah. fully develop. Yep. Um, so this part of our brain we use to organize and plan. Um, impulse control is kind of lodged here. Um, and so thinking about impulse control is like the ability to keep yourself on task, right? Not being... St- unable to stop yourself from following all the like rabbit trails that pop up through a day. Right. One of the things <laughs> that, and I'm sure lots of moms can relate to this. One of the things that I do when I'm cleaning my house, I start in one place and I have a thought that, or I have to go pee, right? Like mid dishes. And so then I go into the bathroom, like, Oh my gosh, I need to take out the trash in here. I need to clean. And I start and right. the dishes are half done. Yeah. Right. And then I take out the trash and I see, oh my gosh, there's like the like driveway and the wheat. I need to like get out here, pull some wheat. And then yeah. I start pulling weeds. So by the end of the day, I finish nothing and I've started 20 things. Wow. wow. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and 
And everybody does that, uh, by the Some, way. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, uh, I used to have a huge problem with that. But I'll tell you what I've analyzed about myself. And this may not uh, be your case at all. It just may be just a anxiety about all bunch of things that you have to do. Um, mine was never the anxiety with all everything that I have to do. Um, it actually stemmed from, get this, it, to me, uh, as I analyzed this, uh, from an insecure nature and an anxiety that I had about myself. And uh, because if I wasn't sufficient, then I was a loser. And so I was hyper aware of everything that I had to do uh, because I didn't want to conform to what I thought was loserdom. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so that that now created uh, animosity in my mind to get things done. And I would do the dishes, half of it, and then uh, do the uh, do the uh, uh, the the trash, the laundry, all at once, and uh-huh. never get anything done. And then subsequently, you know, uh, actually uh, increase your yeah, anxiety yeah, more. Increase my anxiety more. As soon as I actually started to calm down about myself, things started um, um, coming to order. <laughs> and that was just what I analyzed about sure. myself. And so I, and, and a, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's what I was, you know, yeah. I, I'm saying this in hindsight. No, you know? of course. Uh, when I th- you just bring up a good point. So like hyperactivity can be a symptom of anxiety, yeah. right? Just because you've been hyperactive before or mm-hmm. distractible again, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we're telling you, you, you haven't been diagnosed properly right. with ADHD. Um, but the word of God did sh- set that uh, straight for me. You know what I mean? Um, uh, about trusting in him and not identifying myself um, in any of the categories that God didn't put me in. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or uh, pigeonholing yourself. Exactly. Into this. Okay. So for anybody that's more interested in like the actual like neural pathways and stuff that we've observed, I'm going to make this really neat article available to you guys on the website and you can go check it out. We just don't have enough time in this episode, honestly, to go through all of this stuff. Um, and I, we haven't laid like a neurology framework for anyone either. So maybe we can do that in another episode. Yeah, that would be great, yeah. But the moral of the story, the point of the story is we have like hundreds of probably we probably in the thousands of studies neuroimaging studies that are noting actual differences in mm-hmm. brain structures and like pathway and um neurotransmitter right. circuits right like all of that mm-hmm. that it's different significantly different among individuals who are diagnosed correctly right diagnosed with ADHD um so yeah, so that's really the moral, the moral of the story. So it is real, right? Um, it is real. If it affects, and when I gave that statistic, that's a populate a global population statistic. Okay, right. so it's that's not just U- U.S. based. We seem to see mm-hmm. like the same occurrence of it across culture, across population. Um, so if about you know if a hundred people represent the 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 hundred percent of population in in the place where you live right one half of one person would be the number of people affected by adhd right okay at any given time statistically right so that means most of the time it's not that right okay so hear me mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that's very good insight, we get right? really really flippant um and i'm i'm guilty of this of kind of assigning any observation of right. inattention or distraction to adh that's just not true yeah. um if you are really legitimately concerned that the developmentally there's inappropriate things happening 
if you take your child to a clinician, a diagnostic clinician, a neuropsychologist, um, a clinical psychologist, they will help you determine whether or not the a behavior is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Now, you always do that with a grain of salt. You know, of course, we would recommend that you <laughs> seek just, a Christian. Just like you check your view. yeah, just like you check your pastors against the Word of God. <laughs> yeah. Check any help. <laughs> we would caution right anybody that that way. But if you're just looking for developmental information to help you sort through whether or not right. something right. your kid is doing is appropriate, there are a lot. You know, yeah. Overall, the decision is going to be yours because you're taking care of that child right. um, as well. And remember, in adults, things have to be present uh, when you're a child. It's not just a spontaneous attribute you just had too as well. And I, I think that a lot of the times people think that they've developed into uh, ADHD. ADHD, which per the criterion, it doesn't seem to happen. Am I, mm-hmm. am I right about it? Yeah. No, yeah. you need to, like for the diagnosis to be made, the symptoms had to have been present before age 12, right, even right. if you weren't diagnosed until you were an adult. It's very complex because we just <laughs> sat there and analyzed our childhood and were like, well, well I, you know. Blah, and blah, that's, blah, blah. and it's hard because objective, ex- I mean, your experience is subjective even when, as it relates to you. Right, right. So chances are you can develop out of it. But I don't think you can develop into it. Well, so here's the thing. If you never really had any difficulty with attention or focus issues, hyperactivity, impulsivity before, and now you suddenly do, my guess is it's a function of something else. Yeah. yeah. Like anxiety and and not. Right. Again, we've got symptom overlap. People Mm -hmm. that are very stressed out, Mm -hmm. right, our cognitive function, it can decline. Boom. boom, boom. Yeah. Like that's a thing that happens right so the first thing you should always do is ask you're like where am i in time and space what am i struggling through right now mm-hmm. um am i like we haven't really talked a ton about this but the anniversary effect like we, am i coming up on like a rougher a, like a date mm-hmm. that's significant in a negative way mm-hmm. something happened right um always check it like where are your, where are your feet you know what's going on around me that could be causing me to feel like less focused distracted right. stressed out and um, it's, it's with christianity that is going to give you the better sense of you know how to do what you just uh, suggested so I, i'm going to go down this route yeah, yeah. if you don't mind me bringing Please. this up you know any undergrad or behavioral health students a psychology student or uh, in this field whether it be counseling or anything related to uh, to mental health, um, you're going to take an introduction to counseling approaches. Every everybody is going to go through that. Well, I mean, maybe it, <laughs> it, it, it's there in most of the uh, in most of these uh, degrees. There, okay. Um, and I did not take in my undergrad. I don't think I took. Maybe I did. I'd not have any memory of. You would be the exception that proves the rule, kind of thing. But like. Um, <laughs> But uh, I did, and uh, it seemed to be a broad um, um, class for, for all these uh, behavioral health degrees and, and, and certain things. And um, what I know, what they'll teach you is that every single counseling approach has a foundation of the view of human nature. Yes. Okay. Um, Freud had his view of human nature, Young, Adler, all those guys, right? Aaron Beck, all these guys had this view uh, of human nature, which you should have a view of human nature before you even step into counseling. You need to know what (laughs) mankind is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to know what your view is of it. Right. Now, pragmatically, if I can sum it all up, it was evolutionary or total autonomy. Um, 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 
stemming from whatever worldview that you may have had. I see what you're saying. Right. Uh, Because when you talk about the evolutionary worldview, we were talking about just nature and nurture. Yeah. And and that isn't technically total autonomy. I I see the distinction you're making. It's a form of determinism. Sure. sure. So we can say determinism or total autonomy. Right. We're we're fated to our like a destiny, like our genetic destiny. Right. Right. Now, the Christian has actually a balance uh, between both. We believe in compatibilism, that God is 100 percent. It's a form of determinism, but God is 100 percent. He's the only one that has free will. Right. Right. He is sovereign. But we are compatible with that sovereignty. So it means we have a volition inside our determination. Yeah. You know what I mean? We act with inside how our how will. Yes, right. exactly. So that means that we do have a responsibility because he's given us a law. Okay. So the Christian never forgoes responsibility in, in that aspect. Right. But in a lot of the counseling approaches, um, I mean, philosophically, you'll, you would almost have to give yourself into the fact that you're not responsible for anything if it's all developmental, mm. unless you go to a free will counseling approach, but then you're going to have scruples because you're not designed that way. Well, um, so I think here, I think that like it's there, like there's just a missed mark with the responsibility. I think it matters less like when we're talking about something that developed in childhood about whether or not you played an active role. Right. What I, but as like, as an adult, you have a responsibility to treat mm-hmm. what, whatever you've got, whatever cross you're bearing. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So that like, even if your only responsibility to what's going on is that now you have to take care of this. Right. Right. Like you don't ignore it. Right. And so you're going to have to do things that maybe the average person is not doing, you know, and because you're a Christian, you can accept that it's all right, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to, you know, the, the, the Christian community should and are, is able to help you out by the word of God uh, to have compassion on you and walk alongside of you uh, with this. But I think in a lot of the cases, uh, a lot of um, psychologists are deviating from their foundations of, uh, of view of human nature. They already had a wrong one to begin with sure. if they're not Christian. And then it, now they've conformed to some, I mean, not all, but they've conformed to... Um, a sort of a hyper empathy. It, it, it doesn't matter the view of human nature. It's just your experience. Yes. And that be, uh, that might, you know, cause an overdiagnosis or even a wrong diagnosis or a wrong exhortation and what you're supposed to do in your life. And the reason why I, I, I bring this up is because to the Christian, we want to know how to handle it. Know that the secular world is actually handling in this in like a hundred thousand different ways. (laughs) And so they wouldn't even have an answer for you, but we do primarily. I mean, so we, I, we, we're not going to get into treatments and stuff because Mm -hmm. like the show isn't therapy and we're not. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we would be silly. No, I'm just kidding. We would be silly to not answer questions. Um, I address the, like this is treated, in children and adults with um, amphetamine prescriptions. The psychopharm um, treatment for this is with stimulants. So that's a big deal. Um, And we're not telling anyone one thing or another. That's just something with regards to like morally and ethically Mm -hmm. what you should do with that. Um, But the primary like medication treatment for ADHD is with stimulants. Right. So, you and I've been seeing a lot of like 
ads on my Facebook recently about ADHD medication. Oh, that's right. And they're advertising it as you want clarity. Here's this little pill (laughs) and you can get it. You can get a diagnosis for $199. It's like Scientology going clear. And I'm like, see that. But to me, you're just buying a prescription. Mm -hmm. You're buying because it's like you want ADHD. You can go and get it. (laughs) So like. That's that's demonic. People, yeah, well, pe- yeah, yeah. People abuse <laughs> yeah. this medication. Yeah, that's idolatrous. It's yeah. stimulant. I mean, yeah. so um, amphetamine. It sounds like what, Nick? Oh yeah, my drug problem. In the <laughs> it past. sounds like meth- meth- methamphetamine, yeah. right? Okay, so science, Doctor White. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So we're not saying like that it is wrong to treat. The, to treat this with that but we are saying that you need to caution very yes. use significant caution and consider right first and foremost what I've, I've made this point multiple times statistically speaking <laughs> right one half of one person five percent mm-hmm. okay so be reluctant mm-hmm. to assume yeah. That this is the explanation for yes. it. And that key word is reluctant. reluctant. I, I agree with be reluctant. Be wise. Yeah. Be reluctant. Yeah. yeah. Um, so biblically, like we're not, we're not Christian scientists, right? What does, what is the Mary, what is her name? Barry Baker Edie. What was her name? Uh, yeah, no, no, you got it. Yeah. Uh, Mary Baker Eddie. Yeah. Eddie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. She, so no, we're not, we don't, we are not of the opinion that you pray away cancer Etc. Yeah. Yeah. And that you, if you conform to medication or your doctor, that you're right. not trusting God. No, oh, no, no, no. Not that's ridiculous. We, we live in a both material and immaterial world. Both need to be considered. Both need to have a balance yes. in your mind. So. Right. If you have a legitimate issue mm-hmm. and medication helps with that issue, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Legitimate. Okay. Yeah. If you are using medi- like medication to avoid dealing with things. Yeah. That's idolatry. A mutual friend of ours, a brother in Christ, I won't mention his name, struggled with anxiety and used to have panic attacks just spontaneously, got on medication. And that's when he actually started learning more about the Bible and learning more about God. God is mind stable enough to learn that, got off the medication. I'm not saying that this is for everybody, but got off the medication, never had another panic attack because all those foundations were set. And and that used to be old school thinking too as well. Wait, medication is a band-aid? Yeah, like we're going to- Very temporary. We're going to give you this- right. Because we're going to teach you a few things and we're going to tape your off. We're going to do this exactly, to yeah. get you stable. I'm still within that mind. Right. Frame. And then when you are, right. So um, we're, we definitely need to do an episode on Psychopharm and we will, but that's not today. So, yes. but you guys should know if you didn't already that the primary medication treatment for this is stimulants. So. I want to look at God's law about this with my biblical exhortation. The first two commandments okay, is worship only Yahweh. Sure. And don't make any carved images and worship that. Nobody Christ. Yeah. Nobody and no other God and don't create another God for yourself kind right. of thing and worship that. Okay. That allows you to understand when you have gotten into an idolatrous nature and when you are not in mm-hmm. an idolatrous nature. And believe me, even if we have a, a diagnosis and we've been cautious we can enter into that uh, that idolatrous nature when we say that our God, that's the only way I can feel better. Yes. Because it becomes a problem uh, in your life. And we know, I mean, I, I've struggled with, the, uh, we've talked about our drug addictions sure. and things like that. You right. know, it wasn't always like when I first did drugs, I wasn't, you know, I didn't 
fall off. You know, I, I didn't hit rock bottom. No. But eventually I did. And here's the thing, because I gave myself over to yes. it. And that's what idolatry does. Caution yourself. Always think about God's law first. How does, how do I walk with him um, in this? You know, it's not that you're going to have a better relationship with God when you get the pill. Because then that means God is treating you differently because of no, certain right. things. No, right. It's not work-based. Yes. It's not philosophically or theologically accurate. No. We're talking about day-to-day functioning here. Mm-hmm. Getting things done that you have responsibility to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And be reluctant at first. Use wisdom. Right. And um, and then go from there. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's really it in a nutshell. I think I would just encourage you guys, like for people that are really don't know mm-hmm. what like their child is struggling with or if they are. I like, think that's a big one. Right there's, you know, there's no, nothing wrong with going and seeking the advice of somebody who understands, you know, that developmental level, like what is appropriate and what isn't to help you kind of sort through some of that. Right, right. right. You know, or even like... <laughs> Um, I mean, you want to be like cautious, but like consulting, like experienced moms within your church, mm-hmm. you know, some like of these, like moms of bigger families, they've seen literally everything because they've got a troop, you know? Right. So, um, you know, and we like going to seek counsel and support from older, wiser mm-hmm. people of the faith. <laughs> right. And some of these, uh, traits, you know, we're talking about conscientiousness, uh, conscientiousness, um, is a you know a human attribute uh, some people are you know land on that uh, personality trait and they have to have everything in order and they're efficient and everything has to be you know boom uh, they're very artistic too as well in, in that case uh, and then you have agreeableness you have people that are I mean an agreeableness uh, an agreeable person is lovely but some sometimes doesn't get what they want because of that um, these personality traits um, that you see when you're uh, your kid you know when you give them medication might be foregone <laughs> because uh, of these things they don't develop normally too as well so even more for your consideration just because they're acting like this doesn't mean that it won't transition into something later so you do as you're so, like, we have family integrated, you know, uh, church Worship. services, right? Right uh, on Sunday. It sounds like I'm going all over the place, but I'll wrap it up. I, 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 I assure you. Nick is manifesting some attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bouncing here, but I'll wrap it all up. It, yeah, they're going to be rambunctious, kind of thing like that. But then, what are they learning in the process uh, of that? What are you allowing them to do that might give them something later? Um, and so don't freak, you know, <laughs> sure. and allow them look at other traits that they have that you may um, end up prohibiting by uh, exhausting yourself, wondering or not that they are mentally ill. Oh, so. you mean like inhibiting them? Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. And I, sometimes medication does that. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm always of like, you know, if you can do behavioral interventions mm-hmm. first. That's the, always the, I mean, and that's clearly my like, you know, area of training and expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you can avoid medicine, you should, I think you should avoid medicine. Right. right. Um, I, I think that's the old school thought. I mean, yeah, I, I, but, when I say old school, cause I just don't see a lot of people actually conforming to that idea. No, anymore. I think it's a huge problem. I right think now. we don't want to suffer. It's o- th- things and, like yeah. this are overdiagnosed and mm-hmm. the medications for them are overprescribed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a fear of suffering. We don't want to suffer mm-hmm. anymore. And it, because we've f- foregone God's um, law uh, and, um, um, you know, the exhortation of 
how we end each podcast. He has overcome the world, sure. right? Uh, we've we've lost that train of thought collectively as Americans, which is going to speak for uh, the U.S. here. Is that uh, well? If that's the case, then then I don't want to suffer. Sure. Right. That there is no point to suffering. So here's if I have something that blocks it. I think it's yeah. more than that. I think we can. So like, I think we should make a further distinction because it's actually it's worse than that. Because I think it's understandable to not want to suffer. Yeah. Um, I think it's that we don't want to work hard. Okay. There you go. I really do. I think it's well, that's idolatry. Uh, so that doesn't. I'm not speaking for everybody. Right. Clear anatomical differences have been noted in brains of individuals who are actually suffering right from with this coping with this. Okay. Um, but the truth is, is it's much easier and faster and convenient to take a pill than it is to learn how to cope with mm -hmm. what is the tendency that's there, right. right. To behaviorally intervene. Right. Um, but it's better for you spiritually, right? right? And your kids, if that's possible, mm -hmm. again, if that's possible, mm -hmm. sometimes it's not possible. Um, but you teach patience, you teach discipline, you teach obedience, you teach dying to self, you teach mm -hmm. so many things when you require that more work is put into right, right. essentially adapting to what's going on R versus... Um, Remember, you know, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. Now, there's a reason why he didn't go, and here's the six steps to do it. Yeah. <laughs> why? Because yeah. he's not you. Right. You struggle with you. <laughs> you yes. have your own sins. You're yes. going to, there's going to be some things in sanctification you just get, like, right away. It just snaps into your head right away, and that is the Lord's prerogative, Right. I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen people be tremendously patient when I lack that. Uh, but then I uh, but then I also have a discipline in the Word of God. I can exegete a passage. I can exposit a passage. And I've talked to individuals that read and go, I don't know what I'm reading. Yeah. Okay, though, that's him. You know, but what's the foundation of that? And he always says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Fear so the Lord. It, it starts with there. And then how that manifests uh, in your walk is going to be the Lord's sanctification process in your life. And so you don't have to you don't have to use the enneagram to find out what number you're at because of progressive sanctification. You ought not to stay the same as you were yesterday, kind sure. of thing. And things will change in your life, especially as you're conformed to the image of Christ. So, and I guess the bottom line here is you don't always have to resort to the fact that something is wrong with you cognitively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, you have sin and you're going to <laughs> repent and you're going to turn and you have certain traits and you have certain wiring and God has made you a certain way that you're going to, well, you get the actual blessing of finding out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I hope, I really hope this was helpful. I hope like hearing the symptom, like the criteria mm -hmm. and like how it's classified, um, and the like, even just like glossing over the research about what's actually involved neurologically, um, has is helpful and yeah. encouraging. Um, is this real? Does it exist? Yes, it does. Five percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, globally, let's say you were the person you know that doesn't have ADHD, and you are dealing with family members that do, mm -hmm. or. 
uh, family members that are kind of like, let's just say neurotic in the mental health uh, way of everything is mental health and everything is, <laughs> it is how do you handle that as a Christian? Because there is no Al-Anon for you to go That's to. That's true, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I would just, I would exhort them kind of the way that we have, right? Like yeah. get, learn what it actually is mm-hmm. so that when people use it for what it isn't, you can call them out on it and you do that in a loving way. I love the know? way, yeah, I love the way you said that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you, hold them responsible. Responsible yeah, to hold the words. Because yeah. we, again. Because they're gaslighting you, by the way, so or most likely. I am. Yeah. I have my doctorate in this, yeah. and I still am, I would, would readily admit that I'm too flippant yeah. with how I categorize inattentive, be- you know, random stuff that I see. Right. Okay, so don't do that. Don't be guilty of that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm repenting of it right now as I say right, it. Right, right, right. Um, so learn what it is. So that you can have an actual informed dialogue. This is how you would do any apologetic. An informed dialogue with whoever's using it, right? Mm-hmm. Are they using it right? If they're not, let them know, mm-hmm. right? Let them know that they're not, like, it actually matters. Right. And say your piece. Now, if it becomes intrusive to the point to where they're not going to listen to you. Well, yeah. It's okay to distance uh, I, yourself in that case. Now you've ex- that that's after you've exhausted the attempts and given grace and done all you can do. You know. Well, so I think we keep that like even like make it closer to the vest. If you bring something to someone's attention in love, you are not doing it as an attack, right? Right, right. But like and you've log in your own eye, appropriate, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they have no interest in hearing you. That's their business. Yeah, you, you can't really control that. And you should like you're not bringing it to them so that you can be right. You're bringing it to them because mm-hmm. you don't want your brother or sister in Christ to sin. Yeah. That's how you love them. And if you're dealing with an unbeliever, it is an opportunity to say, listen, right, this here, is here's gospel. my piece, here's what I said, and here's the gospel. Right. This is what I believe kind of thing. And if you're going to intrude on that, I'm going to say it again until you get exhausted and leave. But no, or or you might have to distance yourself right. uh, as well. Leave and them. that stinks because maybe we're dealing with family too as well. Maybe you won't be able to get away or distance yourself like you want to kind of thing. Um make sure that they know where you're coming from. You're sure. going to have to speak up um, uh, about this and it uh, you're going to have to suffer through that uh, too as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the best thing about that is that you can have an open arms, uh, uh, you can have open arms full of grace if they ever repent to turn or apologize, things like that, you know what I mean? Well, and course. that gives you the opportunity. So don't, don't burn that bridge well, because you do not know uh, the future with that whole. I don't know so. that it even needs to like escalate. I don't know, escalate to that point. I, everybody's got their own situations, but in the same way that you would exhort any brother or sister in Christ, when you see that they're like engaging in a pattern of sin that is impacting them negatively, mm-hmm. You exhort them, mm-hmm. right? You, you like we confront them. That's how we love them. We mm-hmm. don't, we, but it is in that spirit of love that we come, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I don't know that like this would escalate to guys ending relationships with people, but maybe um, if yeah. you know, it, I mean, in the event that that happened, I think I think it's more like we we're called to love each other. This is how we do that. So if you right. have a family member that just kind of or friend that just defaults to like all, you know, essentially skirting responsibility and giving themselves all of these labels that are identifying themselves by their diagnosis. And and then you can lovingly point out to them like where their identity lies 
if somebody's dro- name dropping disorders, learn about the disorder and go yeah. talk to them about and, it. And, and don't let them dictate how, um, you know, they get the diagnosis. They identify themselves by the diagnosis. So they're going to come up with their own dogma and scripture of how you're supposed to handle them yeah. and how you're supposed to act around them. You have the Bible. <laughs> you have the objective word of God. You act accordingly to that and nothing else. Yes. And that's going to be better for that person, even if they don't like it. And just remember, life is not. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it, it's not. I wish it was. I know. <laughs> but. Uh, Isn't it like a harp and be- like. Bells? I don't know. I'm thinking cupcakes and I'm hungry every time I oh actually gosh. press that. So that is it, hilarious. It trigger, it's triggering an icing craving. Yeah. For me. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Take everything that we said. Um hopefully is helpful. Um, We hope at least you have a little bit more clarity um, to discuss this specific topic. Yeah. And in the future, maybe we'll do, like we said at the beginning, some specific uh, like talks, maybe even like mini episodes on, Mm -hmm. you know, ADHD and bipolar disorder or, you know, different comorbidities, stuff like that. Right. The Proverbs are going to help you greatly uh, in this. Uh, That is the book of wisdom. Yes. Um, And there is 31 Proverbs uh, with a, whole ton of verses <laughs> yes. uh, in each proverb uh, for you to cling on um, uh, cling on if you uh, cling on um, <laughs> if you uh, if you're struggling with this at all either uh, uh, with yourself or another individual that you love um, then uh, I would I would say hang out in the proverbs uh, there and uh, and just learn some wisdom and, and and pray and don't forego praying for that other person or praying for yourself yeah for sure. um, and, and so that you can handle this uh, uh, biblically and walk with God and remember always um, that even if you're suffering, even if you're suffering mentally, even if you have anxiety, whatever, just always keep in mind that Christ has overcome the world. He has overcome death. Mm -hmm. Love you guys. Love you.